Come on, children, let's sing. It's the good word of the Lord. Uh, my name is Harper. Jonathan. <laughs> and this is Hot Guys. Authentic knowledge and feelings. I feel it. I feel it. Okay, I know where you're going with this. You want a little clip that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead, it's like, Whoa. But I'm really not funny. No, no. And we shouldn't have a podcast. What? <laughs> okay. And we're joined today by a wonderful guest. She is a filmmaker, a poet, a podcaster. You may know her from her show, Ethnically Ambiguous. It's Shireen Lani Yunus. Oh, wow. What an intro. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. We're, we're yeah. so pumped to have you here to talk about our guy, Ethan Hawke, <laughs> and, uh, and his show, The Good Lord Bird. Yeah. It, uh, I watched the pilot yesterday. I, it, it was the first time watching it for me. And that is that. <laughs> Did, cool. Have you guys already seen it all? Have you guys seen we all have. of it? We have. Yes. Yeah, we watched oh, it wow. every every week as it aired. Oh, wow. Wait, when did it start airing? Very October. recently. Yeah. Yeah. This okay. is like a very fresh rewatch for us. Yeah. Wow, nice. But okay. yeah, it was definitely we needed to do the rewatch because we... I, I I at least was watching it and I was surprised by things that I saw in it, even though I'd already seen it before. I was like, oh, I didn't remember that happening. Yes. So, uh-huh. yes. Yeah, it was it was good to do the rewatch. Um, but before we even get into the Good Lord Bird, uh, why don't you tell us about your relationship with Ethan Hawke? <laughs> um, I I mentioned this briefly before we press record, but I wouldn't say I'm an Ethan Hawke fan. Um, <laughs> I. He exists in the same world that we do, the same world that I do, um, and he's fine, I suppose. Um, I just, I wouldn't say I'm, like, a big fan. I wouldn't say I'm a hater. I'm just, like, he's there. And honestly, okay, this is, like, maybe a hot take, but I... I'm like the only person I know that did not like those before sunrise, after sunset, uh-huh. whatever fucking movies. Mm-hmm. I really thought he was insufferable in those. He really annoyed me. And everyone else thinks it's like these really romantic things. And I think I have an impression of him from that movie that I, I just didn't like those movies. And I'm sorry. I've never been a... Sing- I, I'm sorry. Welcome <laughs> the hate. Whatever. I don't get it. I don't get the appeal of him. But um, I just found him really obnoxious in those films. And I think um, I think of that every time I think of Ethan Hawke. I think of the fact that like everyone else really likes those movies and him in those movies. Mm-hmm. And I, for whatever reason, cannot understand why. But I do think he's talented. Um, I wish him all the best. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't say I'm like a diehard fan or anything i'm just a little bit apathetic to be honest gotcha how uh good question i know where you're going (laughs) how in in, how quickly did you watch those movies like did you watch them fairly back to back or was it like no i actually have only seen i've only seen the first one maybe part of the second but 
I didn't watch it when it came out. I think it came out when I was like in high school or mm-hmm. something. Maybe I don't know. What is time? But um I watched it as an adult, like maybe in college or after college. I just I I was I've, I feel like I've missed out on a lot of movies at the time they were coming out. I'm just like not, an, I'm just not caught up on Americana very much. <laughs> so I did this thing where I was, I'm like trying to catch up on all these things that everyone else likes a lot. Um, so maybe that's why. Maybe if I had watched it when I was like a teenager or something, I would have found more value in the romance or something. Um, but I also, I feel like I should give it another shot and like watch all of them. But... Uh, Maybe my maybe I'm just a hater. I don't know. <laughs> Why do you ask though? Like, if, did I do something well, wrong? No, no, no. Because <laughs> what what ha- what the first time we watched it, we watched yeah. it in college, and we watched them in fairly rapid succession. Yeah, like a few, like a, d- a days or yeah, weeks days or, or weeks, weeks apart. Yeah, not not very long apart. And we had we were both similarly like annoyed by both of them. Yeah. Okay. So if you spend too much time with them. Mm-hmm. too quickly they will start to get on your nerves yeah but okay. i will say that makes me feel better because i feel like a huge dick every time i'm every because everyone loves those movies and i i can't believe i just said this on ethan on ethan hawk podcast <laughs> i can't believe i opened up with that nugget of knowledge no, i apologize I love it. um no yeah i will say though the second time we watched the series because we watched it you know when we were in college and then now we've watched it again for the podcast and we mm-hmm. had like kind of a f- we had a few months between each one but just because and also of- a bunch of movies and a bunch of movies yeah. yeah so like it's a combination of two things i think one being able to have some space from the characters jesse and celine like you know mm-hmm. you just need to put them away for a little while uh and then come back to them and i think that helps a lot and then two uh so there's something about watching 80 ethan hawk movies that makes you really love him you know okay. <laughs> fair yeah fair i i maybe i don't know <laughs> <laughs> or, or um, you could hate him who knows yeah i don't hate him i don't i just i, don't, I just don't get it I, I don't get it um but but yeah I, I guess i wrote i don't really have a relationship with ethan hawk other than maybe just feeling i'm missing something is that, is that does, does that make sense like i just feel yeah, like makes i'm sense. yeah yeah mm, i don't know yeah i do think he's talented but mm-hmm. yeah um are there any other asking me to be on the show yet (laughs) (laughs) no um are there any other like big ethan hawk movies that you think might have made any kind of impact like i don't know i feel like some big ones are training day uh uh, dead poets society Uh or any society is good uh i mean this is more recent as far as like relatively recent but i thought boyhood was impressive you know like i mean he has like a relationship i guess with link later that is like mm-hmm. i don't know kind of cute uh, <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> yeah but i've never seen i've never seen training day so maybe i should give that one a shot it's different it's, it's different, different for than sure than ones. any of yeah. the other movies we've listed <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah okay well cool well thank you for sharing your uh i'm your sorry <laughs> ethan hawk history no it's great um so yeah so now we're in the year 2020 Mm. I mean, currently we're recording in 2021, but The Good Lord Bird came out in 2020. Um, And, sorry. And we've watched um, 76, at least, pieces of Ethan Hawke content before this. Wow. Um, And, yeah, it's all really led up to this. Um, The Good Lord Bird is a 
miniseries that aired on Showtime um, that was adopt- adapted from a novel by James McBride called The Good Lord Bird. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about John Brown uh, and the time between Bleeding Kansas and Harper's Ferry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, right up before yeah. the start of the Civil War, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've seen, you know, we've seen several like Western Ethan Hawke movies where he's like a cowboy in the 1800s as well. But this is the first time we've seen him do like kind of the other side of the country, like, you know, Civil War, pre-Civil War era, uh, you know, revolutionary Ethan Hawke. It's true. And um, not to get ahead of myself, but I love it. I think if anyone <laughs> has listened to this podcast before, you've heard me say a million times, I am Osawatomi John Brown, uh, because it's my favorite thing maybe he's ever done is just say those words. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. I do want to, I okay, I looked up my Letterbox account just because I I'm, I feel like I was missing a movie that has, has him in it that I really actually really love, and I was right. I'm obsessed with Gattaca. Gattaca oh, is the shit. I, okay, I take back a lot of what I just said about Ethan Hawke, only because <laughs> I forgot he was in Gattaca. Um, that movie is, I'm just, I love sci-fi. I love uh, just that whole premise of that movie. But Ethan Hawke, I remember watching that when I was a kid. And well, and I've watched it again as an adult and it fucking holds up. It is so good. He's great in it. Um and maybe that's the genre that i like him the most in maybe that's my deal like mm-hmm. i don't really care for him as a romantic i don't know romantic lead uh-huh. or like something but like when he's like a tormented sad boy sign me up like that is <laughs> it, gattaca is the shit so i'm really glad i remembered gattaca before really getting too deep in <laughs> um also i watched reality bites like mm-hmm. semi-recently mm-hmm. i thought he was good in that um i know that i'm like backtracking here just like trying to save my <laughs> safe face uh but i'm really glad i remember gattaca gattaca's the shit man wow um but anyways that's all i wanted to say continue yeah no <laughs> i also i have been meaning to watch i haven't seen first reformed and i've heard really good mm. things about first reformed so mm-hmm. yeah i would definitely recommend that he's very tormented in first reformed yes so, I think I'll like him in First Reformed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would also say if you like sci-fi, you should check out Predestination. Um, Ooh, it's a really okay. interesting uh, take on gender and time travel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Sign me up. That yeah. is my fucking cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm, I added it to my watch list. There it is. Cool. Yeah. Having oh, 97 watched... minutes? Fuck yes. 97 <laughs> minutes. Can I It's the perfect length for a movie. Having watched yeah. as many Ethan Hawke movies as I have, I think... Gattaca might be my favorite so it's a good choice it is great thank you thank you so much and I'm so glad I I hope the people that were like tuning out when I like five (laughs) minutes ago have tuned back in you know (laughs) and I had I had watched it for the first time for the podcast I'd never seen it before so a lot of people I know like especially our age i guess watched in like high school and stuff yeah, yeah. biology class but I, I, never I watched had that. it like every year in high, like in, in some type of bioscience class. yeah i never it somehow never came up in my life until wow. this podcast and it's it's definitely one of my favorites if not my favorite so it's a good choice nice thank you so much jonathan i really really appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> uh and my favorite is before sunrise and uh you know yikes 
Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's No, but we like I said, yeah. we understand yeah, it, you know, totally we've been it. in that position where we yeah, were like annoyed fair. by them. So, yeah. we understand. Yeah. 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 Sorry uh, that I derailed the good lord bird. No, uh, that's conversation. No, it's, it's I just all... really needed to tell you that I love Gattaca. <laughs> it all leads up to this. So. Yeah. Um Yeah, so just like hot first take what did we all think about this episode of the good lord bird i thought it was solid i did too yeah i did mention this before we started i've only seen this one episode i saw it yesterday <laughs> before this podcast um uh, i don't, i well, i don't think i'll continue watching it i didn't hate it mm-hmm. but maybe there's just like something about no one gets a vehicle that he is behind and like casting himself as like a white savior kind of person. is like kind of weird to me, but um, I thought it was okay. I thought it was uh, interesting. I, I don't, it was okay for me. It wasn't something I was like, I have to watch the next episode ASAP. Um, but I kind of looked at it as when you're Ethan Hawke and you have the ability to make anything you want you can make this this kind of show and you can cast yourself in this. You can co-write it. You can co-produce it, whatever you want. And it can only be like that because it's Ethan Hawke. Like if some white guy just decided to <laughs> do this thing, it wouldn't happen. It's because it's Ethan Hawke that it's a show, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I thought he was, I thought he was, uh, I thought he acted really well in it. Um, and there were some interesting sequences but not necessarily a show I would want to uh, continue. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, do you know anything about like John Brown and that that whole? So I did look like I I feel like I had heard like I feel like I was like semi aware mm-hmm. and then I like looked it up as I after I finished the episode and it is a really compelling person mm-hmm. like I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually pretty like I'm glad they chose to make to draw attention to this person's life for sure because he's fascinating um but it is uh, i i guess maybe like maybe i'm just tired of of that period in american history like even though he's a fascinating character and a real person a historical figure i'm i guess i'm just i'm just over it Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm i'm not really like um i also this is like a little bit off topic but I really feel like when white actors are allowed to say the N word in mm. in acting, they just like it. It's too convincing to me, and it's, they really go for it. It's like they're waiting for the one time where they're allowed to say that word, and it just makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think I'm just overseeing like slave time, uh, race commentary, and it's commendable that they're trying to make it more like lighthearted. But I just don't know if it's like. For me, maybe it maybe it takes a while to get into. I did see that David Diggs plays Frederick Douglass, and he I sure really does. really like David Diggs. So um, maybe it just like is a slow burn as far as my taste is concerned. But um, but I don't know. It, it just kind of made me uncomfortable sometimes, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, and I do think I will say I do think the show really like amps up in like a lot of different areas so like it builds up to like you do get to see those other characters like you see Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman even later oh wow Um, and 
it does um and you do also see the ways in which like the black characters in the show come up against john brown like you know his ideas are not ex- like you know he has this idea that he he feels is from god you know mm-hmm. about about how to like free all black people in america from slavery but you know he's he's he is like he does come up against act- like actual black people in america who are like this is not the way you know right so that's good i'm glad i'm glad he's not just a cut and dry white savior type because i i need to check out if it's like all if it's only like that and they did kind of present him as a as far as the pile is concerned like a very eccentric frankly strange man Mm, (laughs) um i'm also not like i mean i don't have to like everything but like um i'm glad i mean i'm not like the biggest fan of religion to be honest and Mm. um I'm glad that he was kind of presented like kooky about it, but it was also like every other scene was like they were quoting a Bible verse, and I was just like I checked out. Every time someone's like John three, I'm like nope, like <laughs> my yeah. mind yeah. just goes there's blank. Whole, like, there's, I, there's a lot, a of, lot that of that. Yeah. yeah, so I just don't think that's for me. But um, but I do like that you're that it does that the black characters do uh, have their own agency as far as like. Uh, like um confronting him and what he's doing because it does feel like the i know he's a historical figure but as far as ethan hawk's portrayal of him it is kind of about his ego and maybe that's a little bit maybe they get into that later like how is it really about god or you or whatever or is it about your ego or um but but yeah that aside i also maybe i'm just not the fan of like um just like structure wise i don't really like when someone's narrating to me it mm. feels really like amateur hour ish like like i don't know film students like like just like having some narration happen and um i do think it was i liked it sometimes because it helped us understand like why henry is now known as henrietta yeah <laughs> um but um i did i also read that that character is fictional so i feel like he was created per like specifically to be a narrator to be uh to walk us through the story Mm -hmm. um and he's a he's a great actor i'm curious to see where that actor goes from this show and i haven't seen i don't think i've seen anything before this but i did like that actor yeah no he's great uh joshua caleb johnson and I did email his people to try to get him on this <laughs> podcast, and he's working. Whoa! He's out there working. He can't be on the show because he's busy. He's, he, you know, he's getting paid, and we love that for him. That's yeah. great. I really like to hear that. Yeah. Good job. Wait, Caleb? Joshua no. Caleb Johnson. Josh, Joshua Caleb Johnson. Good yeah. job, Josh. <laughs> yeah. We love you. Uh, come on the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, so one thing that you kind of mentioned is that this show could only happen because of Ethan Hawke, right? Mm-hmm. Like who he is. And I think it, we really do see that a lot. Like we see his connections. I kind of jokingly say like the Ethan Hawke cinematic universe quite a bit in the <laughs> show because there are a lot of players. Um, but this is like the sixth Blumhouse production we've seen mm-hmm. with Ethan Hawke. So he and Jason Blum have a close relationship and that's how this show came to be. Um, and then we also see a lot of those Ethan Hawke players. Um, L.R. Coltrane, who plays his son in Boyhood, plays one of his many sons in the show. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Wow. Um, ben Dickey and Charlie Sexton, who are both actors in a film he directed called Blaze. Um, they're both in this pilot episode. Uh, Charlie Sexton plays the Reverend. Um, oh. And Ben Dickey plays one of the white guys at Dutch Henry's place. Right. 
Interesting. Yeah. Um, and who who else is in that? I feel like there's so like a million people. keeps it close in the family. Yeah, so there is an Ethan Hawke cinematic universe. Yes. I, I will say, <laughs> when I was seeing the credits roll and it was like produced by Ethan Hawke, co-written by Ethan Hawke, whatever, and I realized it was like a vehicle for him because I genuinely knew nothing about this going in. Mm-hmm. I, I went in blind. It did remind me, I feel like he's the male version of Nicole Kidman for HBO. Almost. Like, <laughs> Nicole Kidman has a bunch of vehicles that are just her like she's just she has her hand in so many things and they're meant to be vehicles for her as an actor as a producer um and like literally uh what's it called um that hbo show the undoing Mm -hmm. the undoing it was her most recent thing for hbo she literally sang the theme of that (laughs) of the of that show like other than starring in it producing it um it's just uh so I don't know. So it kind of reminds me of that kind of actor type where you reach a certain level and you're able to have to, yeah, to bring on actors I used to work with to do whatever. So I think um, I think it's nice that he's like at that mm-hmm. stage where he's probably doing exactly what he wants to do and with the people that he wants to do it with. Um, but it is interesting. I'm glad that the, the kid from boyhood is like still in his like in that family. Yeah, and I think it's uh, kind of funny because he doesn't really act anymore. I think he really did this as a favor to Ethan. I think Ethan <laughs> Hawke was like, hey, do you want to come do this, you know, John Brown show with me? And he said, yeah, sure, because <laughs> you asked. Because he does, like, yeah. production design now. That's, like, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so, cool. Good for him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I think we should talk about, let's talk about Onion. Henry, Henrietta yes. Onion. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Played by Joshua Caleb Johnson. So uh, Onion is kind of our way into the story. Um, we start out at Dutch Henry's, you know, I don't know. What what did they call that place? It was like a, a stopping point. Uh, rest yeah, it, stop, it, it, it was like of. a place where they did like everything. It was like a place yeah. you could get a drink, a haircut. And mm-hmm. like male stuff or something. It was like a little like a shave. Yeah. 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 And that, well, the, it actually starts oh, right, right, with right. You're right. the. We begin at the end. We Yeah. It starts with the end of the show, basically, mm-hmm. which is John Brown being hung. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like right drops you right in. Yeah. So you know how it's going to end. He's he's looking yeah. out as he's about to be hanged and he says, what a beautiful country, uh, which I just feel I, we do uh, most Ethan Hawke line is one of our, our segments on this show. And I felt like that was a real contender. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. a beautiful country. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then it cuts to two years earlier in Bleeding Kansas. And one thing I really like about this show actually is like the graphic design, like the typography that they have when they cut between sections. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it's yeah. pretty fun. It's yeah, also... I think, it, I think it helps it make it like a look. It, it, it's self-aware that it's quirky you know it's like it's self-aware that it's trying to be not as uh downtrodden as the normal uh story time storyline from this time period you know so i i think i that's it was refreshing for sure um and i also just as a uh audience member that like i i enjoy knowing exactly what like what time that is and like where that's happening <laughs> mm-hmm. the especially because it's like dealing with a historical figure i think that's helpful to have those title cards mm-hmm. uh so it's like gra- grounded in some type of factual uh time yeah yeah um and then also 
like talking about the self-awareness the move the show actually starts with a like a um a phrase across the screen that says all of this is true most of it happened so mm-hmm. it's it's telling you up front like this is kind of a version of something that did actually happen but not yeah. exactly literally how it happened yeah yeah um but yeah so john brown is at this um place where you can do all of the things in kansas mm-hmm. and uh haircut He's getting yeah, shave, he's I getting guess. a shave and Onion is there shining his shoes, which have like giant holes. His toes are sticking right out of them. Um and he's talking in like a fake Irish accent, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I love when Ethan Hawk does accents because he can't really do them and it's always very funny. Yeah. But yeah, I I was caught off guard at first. I was like, is he is he playing an Irish person right now? Like I I was so confused. I was like, I thought he was an American abolitionist, and then I realized like, oh, it's just a bit, <laughs> and yeah, I felt just dumb. a bit exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, straight off the bat, we know exactly who he is because Dutch Henry comes in and they get into like a violent altercation. Uh, because, you know, Dutch Henry is suspicious of him. And also, on the other end, you have John Brown, who uh, can't stand slavers, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, there's there's shooting, and Dutch Henry is down, but not dead, and he ends up shooting Onion's father. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how Onion comes to be a part of Ethan Hawke's group. Yes. Army sort of they're they're kind of called an army but they're very small i think at some point ragtag yeah 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 i think at some point he says it's like between 10 to 15 of them at any time and they just kind of come and go (laughs) as they please yeah Yeah. and every time there's a battle the the numbers thin out Mm -hmm. and so in the in this in the you know the heat of the moment the altercation um john brown mishears onion's father uh, he says Henry ain't a, but then he hears Henrietta, and so John Brown thinks that Onion is a girl named Henrietta, mm-hmm. um, and uh, proceeds to treat him as such. So they have, you know, he like gives her him a dress, and um, then he talks about like all the kind of like the the nice things about being treated as a girl while he's at the camp. You know, he doesn't have to lift heavy things. He doesn't have to like go hunt or you know be in the mm-hmm. battles or anything really um so it's it's interesting he's like it's yeah the way that like gender is explored with the character of onion is very interesting to me yeah and also like it's it's treated differently with like the white characters than with the black and we will see this more yeah. later than with the black characters because he reveals himself to um bob bob yeah pretty much right away that he's and then there's uh uh, women later on who like just they immediately know what's going on yeah like later throughout the season like almost every black person he meets like knows what he's doing knows that he's a boy right away yeah i mean i think it's kind of funny though because i Mm -hmm. think it goes to show that like white people don't really in that show i mean and like it's like showing them as kind of like uh willfully ignorant or just like just a little bit dumb <laughs> like like how like like a black person can immediately be like that's why are you wearing a dress yeah. versus like a white person being like oh just a, a black girl like traveling along with you <laughs> um but yeah i i think it's an interesting choice uh because he's fictional to make to to do that to choose to play with gender that way because um 
it also goes to, I mean, I don't know if they explore it. I mean, I don't know how they explore it later, but like there's probably different dangers associated with being perceived as a black woman versus a black boy or, yeah. um, or even just like, yeah, like it, it, the quirkiness of the show does introduce us to like the benefits of it first and like why he maybe continues to do it. Um, but I'm sure as it goes on, it's a little bit more nuanced and layered and complicated and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are some some challenges that come up. Yeah, like with the brothel. Yeah, like there's a point where he ends up like working at a brothel, and oh. um, another point where Steve Zahn proposes marriage to him. Uh, there's oh, a no. lot that happens uh, as as we go through the show. Like you know that that does explore like the negative aspects of being a black right. girl at the time yeah. as well. Um, yeah. Um. But yeah, so Onion befriends one of John Brown's sons, um, Frederick, mm-hmm. um, who's just kind of a sweet, like gentle giant kind of yeah. guy. Um, and uh, they're together and they see a good Lord Bird. Yeah. That's exciting. The name of the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I uh, I think is fictional bird. I don't. Yeah. No, I looked it up. Oh, it's real. It it's real. I looked it up. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Just before we jumped on here, I looked it up, and um, they're ivory-billed woodpeckers, and they oh. are indeed called Good Lord Bird or Great God Bird because of their huge size and beautiful colors. The idea behind the nickname, um, just as Frederick explains on the show, is that people who spotted these gorgeous birds, which had a two and a half foot wingspan, they couldn't help but exclaim out loud, like Lord Lord. or God or something. Wow. So Incredible. I mean, it's kind of interesting. I didn't know that. And that bird is a beautiful bird. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. (laughs) So I thought that was kind of cool. And... But, I mean, maybe I'm just, like, harping on this, like, as far as, like, the quality of the show goes. But, like, similar to, like, the narration kind of, like, triggering something that's, like, a little bit, like, easy as far as story exposition goes. Mm -hmm. Like, literally having the name of your show said out loud in the pilot. I just feel like it's not necessary. Like, I don't, I don't, I just don't, I don't know. It's, um, but maybe I'm just being a stickler for, like wanting something that's unpredictable versus like oh and here's the part where they say the title of the show (laughs) but um i don't know yeah it's that uh roll credits moment you know when you like roll the credits after they say the name Mm -hmm. um but ivory build woodpecker i had no idea it's the first time we've ever had a guest bring a fact about birds a bird fact yeah yeah i mean you're welcome man thank you yeah um so yeah so we see uh kind of a montage of john brown praying for prolonged periods of time um which is kind of played played as a joke because you know all of his sons are like we just want to eat especially um owen owen is the is the son that i think kind of talks the most mm-hmm. um and he is he the one that's just kind of pacing a lot and like moody yeah he's very moody yeah Uh, yeah and so he's like father let me do the praying at one point and so he says uh dear lord thank you let's eat and that's you know the end of it you know Mm -hmm. after we've seen john brown go on for hours and hours and hours and like the sun goes down and they're still waiting to eat um (laughs) so that's fun we get a little insight into the brown family dynamics um i think there is there's five sons that we see in the show there's owen and then Jason and John Jr. have been taken by Confederates or something. 
or not Confederates yet, but like, like you know, some sort of yeah. Kansas red shirts. I don't know what that means exactly. Some sort of militia, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's Frederick and another one. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of sons. He has a lot of kids. Yeah. yeah. And I a can daughter, tell. too. Yes. Oh, yes. really? Yes. Later, we will see his actual daughter, Maya Hawk, play his daughter, uh, wow. Anne Brown, I think. Mm-hmm. Annie Brown. You love to s- nepotism. You love to see it, man. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I will say she is actually good, and I did love to see it. Um, I mean, I, that was like a half joke, you know. Like it was, it's, <laughs> yeah. If it's if it's your show, like Ethan, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> like Nicole Kidman can sing the theme. Ethan Hawke can cast his daughter. Like totally, they they're running they're running the whole show. So, um, but it is nice when nepotism does. It, they're not shitty, you know. <laughs> like yeah. like Nicolas Cage great actor nepotism though you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like give and take <laughs> yeah um so but- i can forgive nepotism sometimes uh and i'm glad that she's a good actor at least yeah i feel like every time i look up someone who's like hot and young and new i'm like oh who is this person every single time they're like someone's yep. kid and it's just- <laughs> every yeah. single time it's it, like true. really honestly i despise that about hollywood and about the industry because it makes it seem like the rich stay rich the famous stay famous and it's like a very clicky totally thing um so yeah i really despise that that happens to me too every time i'm like oh who's this unknown (laughs) and i look it up and it's like some person's granddaughter or like some heir of some like fucking thing and it's like oh never mind (laughs) um but yeah when i do when there is a true unknown i really do uh, appreciate it even more because of that totally um yeah like joshua caleb johnson true 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 yeah yeah so there's a scene where we see charlie sexton who's like a local reverend right and he is uh giving information to john brown but he's it seems like his allegiances are kind of not so clear but he is telling john brown that um giving him information about where his sons have been taken maybe or by whom and um but in the course of that conversation, Frederick, like, unintentionally insults him. Um, and, uh, and you know, they, they, start, they almost get into a fight, but then the brother, his brothers, like, calm it down. Um, and you think it's kind of gone away, but this is important later uh, when Onion and Frederick are just kind of out in the woods. And, um, and these men come up and Frederick tells Onion to hide. And one of the men is the reverend, played by Charlie Sexton, and he just shoots Frederick, just point blank shoots him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's kind of tragic because I, I did like that the gentle giant. You yeah. know, I thought he was an endearing uh, son um, compared to the moody one. But you know, <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and just before and just before he's killed, um, he he accidentally shot a good lord bird. And yes. so, and we see the text across the screen, a bad omen, uh, <laughs> right. you know. I mean, that's a little bit like, you have to admit that like, we don't really, <laughs> you're like holding our hand through the show, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, I understand, like, I would have liked it more if you didn't have, if, in that moment, there's no text that t- tells me it's a bad omen. Like, I could put that together in my head. Like, I want the show to treat me a little bit smarter is what I'm trying to say, you know? Like, just treat the audience a little bit smarter. You don't have to be so uh 
I don't know, gentle with me. <laughs> like, yeah. I could tell it's a bad omen. Oh, you told me this is a great bird 20 <laughs> minutes ago. You know, like, if you shoot it, I'm sure you're going to be upset. Right? I don't know. Mm. And then you also said earlier, aside from the bird, that it's not a good sign. Like, it's this this comment will come back to bite him later. But, um, so I think, like, as far as that goes, I was kind of annoyed with the show being, like, um, a little bit predictable or, like, hand-holdy in that way. And maybe it doesn't, maybe that was just the pilot and, uh, like, the first episode is very, like, this is what we're, what the show's about. But, um, and maybe I'm just a harsh piece of shit, but, um. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one thing I'm wondering, actually, just, you just made me think of it, is I haven't read the book. And I wonder if those things that come up are the chapter titles, because that would make some kind of sense. Could be, yeah. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, if I saw the chapter was called A Bad Omen, I'd be like, oh, that's, like, a good name for a chapter, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. That's a good point. Maybe the book... I'm curious how much... How loyal to the book they were, Mm -hmm. or how much it deviates from the book. Because, yeah, maybe they're using those chunks of... Like, maybe they're doing that purposefully to make it to make it feel like a book, you know, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I think they did work pretty closely with, with the author. Yeah, with James McBride. Yeah. I think, yeah, he executive produced it as well, I think. And I yeah, think I he think was he was pretty involved, involved yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I saw something that... Okay, never mind. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I did that stupid thing where I, like, went on his Wikipedia and, like, I read a line and I thought that, like, he had he's not alive anymore. Um, but it's good to know that I was wrong and he's still alive <laughs> and working on the show. Um, so that's good. That's good to know that they were closely involved in making it together because also I think maybe I remembered the credits wrong, but did they co-write the pilot together? No, it was someone else co-wrote. It was Ethan Hawke and someone else co-wrote. Oh, never mind. Okay, never mind then. I think he was involved. But I do like that he was involved in the show. I think the fact that he is still alive and they decided to make and he because he he has to have sign he had he has to sign off on it is Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Because he's still alive and it's his uh, intellectual property. So it does make me feel better that not only did he sign off on it, he's on board. He's probably in the room. Hopefully, like, like a. having a hand in it so and being an ep i think is good too so that does make me feel a little bit better as far as like staying true to the source material but also because it's a black person's book mm-hmm. and ethan hawk is a white man mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh, i'm glad that ethan hawk was a, a, at the very least like uh hopefully sensitive to that and not trying to speak over him versus just like uh translate it to screen mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah, I definitely think that was his intention was to, you know, incorporate and, you know, be faithful to James McBride's work and, like, yeah. involve him in it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Um, oh, something else really major happened that we skipped over. Um, John Brown beheads someone. Yes. Yeah. With, like, a broadsword. Yeah, very intense. <laughs> He's looking for the uh, the guys. I forgot his Dutch name. Dutch Henry. Yeah. Oh, played by, I just wanted to say, played by David Morse, who I was so surprised that he was just really in that one scene because I know him from, he's like a big TV actor. Yeah. He plays like, you know. everything. Yeah, like he plays like that creepy white guy in every show, yeah, basically. Yeah, literally every show, I feel like he pops up sometimes or somewhere and just like plays the creepy the, the creepy white guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. his character type. He's he's done it here and I thought he would be a bigger part, but he was really just in that one scene. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway. Continue. Oh yeah, they come looking for him and they find uh Ben Dickey mm-hmm. who was 
there but not like super involved necessarily mm-hmm. and uh he asks him are you for or are you against slavery and he doesn't answer and his whole family's there and they just drag him out of the house and then one of his one of john brown's sons says like this isn't the guy we're looking for like let's just move on mm-hmm. it's owen again uh, and but john brown's like no like this is this we're we're aiming to start a war and we can't do it's that like if you condone if you condone it then you're a part of it kind of stuff like if you if you're just there even if you're just watching the bad stuff happen you're still like part of the bad the bad things yeah or whatever yeah but, and he he does this like line delivery which i think is like part of why ethan hawk was probably so excited about doing this project is because he gets to do this john brown thing where he he starts down here and he really builds up and he's like you know very like you know kind of like a pastor but yeah. like right. you know it, it, he preaches anti-slavery that's like his thing and he gets so much like spit coming out of his mouth i really hate that i really i don't like i did not like i, I don't don't like no I, I i i like that it was for the character but visually i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i it's interesting i so that portrayal of him in the pilot because initially like for me watching it i'm like standard white savior shit you know just like some white guy trying to flip free all the slaves um and then when you see that happen and uh, Henry runs away and he's like, this guy's nuts. <laughs> like, yeah. I need to get out of here. Um, it was refreshing because it wasn't like, I'm glad that he, they weren't portraying uh, Brown as like a perfect character mm-hmm. or person. Um, it did seem a little bit like, like, I, and like, it's just, it's, it was, yeah, it, it's a very violent thing to do. And it's almost like, um, Maybe this is mis- maybe this is unfounded, but because his whole life goal is to get rid of slavery, it almost feels like he's using black people or slavery as an excuse to still be violent in his own way, right? To still perpetuate some type of violence because he beheads someone. That is a crazy thing to do. Like that is, <laughs> yeah. I just I, like, I don't know. <laughs> um. I don't know. Maybe that was unfounded for me to even think, like, to like get to that conclusion. But it was a little bit strange, and I'm and I'm also curious if that is what the real person would have done. You know, like, was he that like at one like the same like God fearing, but also like a murderer? Like, I don't, I don't know. I guess they were all murderers back then. Maybe they're all just. <laughs> well, I yeah, I think. I mean, I do think, yeah, you're you're pointing out some like great areas where this character and like the actual person was very complicated. You know, I think he was mm-hmm. really, he was like very extreme in his abolitionist views, and yeah. he. But then, you know, you can you know from his point of view, it's like, well, like this, this is crusade. it. Yeah, it's a religious yeah. crusade. Like you, we have to be extreme. There is no option here. And you see that again later when his sons are after Frederick dies. His sons are all like, you know, we've done enough for the cause. Like we can, mm-hmm. we need to go home now. Like Frederick is dead, and he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to die for this cause, and I hope one day you find something that you find a cause that's that you feel the same way about. Right. So yeah. yeah. He's- definitely one track minded and Mm -hmm. very intense about it um but yeah yeah i don't know i don't know religion is a trip and uh, there's a reason why i don't like it (laughs) and um 
but uh yeah i guess um i hope i don't know if the show i'm curious maybe i should just read a book but um i'm curious <laughs> if the show gets into how he became that way does it ever do that no, no. it's just about like while he's doing this mm. yeah, yeah. Interesting. it's a very like short time period mm-hmm. mm. yeah it's yeah, it's, it's very it's like only years. seven episodes right mm-hmm. well yeah interesting yeah but they more who knows yeah i well based on the end of the show i don't know how they would <laughs> but um, <laughs> I mean, yeah because he's dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um no i mean i do feel like they managed to cover so much in just seven mm-hmm. episodes like and you can see how they're doing that just in this pilot episode alone they hit so many different stories like you know he meets onion onions there onion they see the beheading onion runs away um and then onion comes back and oh meets bob also and yeah. then also and then after and that's not even like that's only like you know halfway a third of the way through the episode because then we see the whole battle with mm-hmm. the with the um the militia with the militia and that takes yeah. a while too. And so there's just they hit so many different things in just one episode and I do think that every episode is pretty packed just like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's inter- it's good to know that like a, mir- a mini series that short is able to still be dense enough in each episode where you're like um it's not slow, you're not kind of waiting for something to happen, um especially when you're dealing with uh historical figure you maybe you're trying to hit certain beats about her history and stuff um but that is interesting that they were able to cover so much in such a short amount of time um because yeah even in the first episode like a lot happens (laughs) um and i am maybe i'll just watch clips of how david diggs portrays frederick Douglass because i really do like that actor and he's a director and writer too but um I'm I I I am excited for like if I do continue watching it like I'm excited to meet more black people and to like get their perspective of what he's doing and and how Henry interacts with them and stuff. I think mm-hmm. that's where my interest lied in the show. Like I I in the pilot, I guess it's a pilot, so it's focused a lot on like explaining stuff to you. Uh, introducing you to what brown is doing so i'm sure as it goes on it's more um uh especially because it is from henry's point of view i'm sure we see more uh, of his takes on stuff but um but yeah yeah mm-hmm. um yeah i would say if you're a david diggs fan if you don't want to watch the rest of the show like just watch that episode that's about him and his two wives like okay. uh, it's it's very interesting uh, it's, it's yeah a fun it also episode. it also portrays him as like a very eccentric mm-hmm. person mm. yeah nice and the most yeah, kind of grounded of the historical figures is harriet tubman, harriet tubman for sure who's okay. very just kind of like strategic and mm-hmm. focused and uh and john brown and uh frederick Douglass are sort of caught up in like a little of their self kind of mythologizing Mm -hmm. that they're doing whereas harriet tubman is like just like i have a goal and i'm gonna do anything to meet that goal and i'm not as interested in like the 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 politics yeah she's just she's just getting it done basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is interesting and it's interesting to see her interact with them too as well that's cool yeah i'm excited for that um I did also watch Harriet for the first time, unrelated to Hawkeyes. Oh, how was that? I didn't watch that. 
Well, she had that same character type where it's just like mm-hmm. she's very focused, very like uh, does doesn't give a shit about anything. You know what I mean? Just like kind of just a, a badass mentality. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just like literally who she was, and that's why she's always portrayed that way. Now that you kind of described her the same, but um, yeah, because I have heard yeah. like about her like kind of methods is that like if if like well for one thing famously no one ever n- no one was ever lost like and everyone that yeah. started with her made it so mm-hmm. she she clearly was very good at that and also like I've heard that like she would uh, if someone like got cold feet they got nervous she would like pull a gun on them and be like we're finishing this like you started this yeah. we're finishing this so yeah, she was I, very I would, like no no yeah. no nonsense like no dedicated nonsense. to the, the to the for. to the mission but not in like a kind of zealotry way in the way that john brown was where it was like very yeah. much focused on like this mission from god and that's why he was yes. doing it mm-hmm. she is i mean this is my knowledge is a lot based on this movie i saw but um she does have her own type of religious calling because Mm -hmm. she um speaks to god and like he tells her where to go kind of stuff Mm -hmm. at least like that's what they portray in the movie and i'm pretty sure that they're taking that off of a a factual thing but i will say if you're curious about if you want to see a cinematic portrayal of her that movie is pretty good and i learned a lot um but she does she's definitely portrayed that same like no nonsense like let's get this done kind mm-hmm. of attitude yeah yeah uh one notable actor in this in this episode that we haven't hit yet because we haven't met him yet is uh wyatt russell um he is uh you know the son of kurt russell and He's in the show yeah he <laughs> plays um uh what is his name um lieutenant jeb stewart who yeah so oh is that the guy that is on that they meet for the exchange Mm -hmm. yeah oh okay did not realize that was kurt russell's son nepotism man (laughs) (laughs) yeah it happens again uh he's he's he'll happen for the rest of our lives yeah (laughs) he he is i mean i again i do enjoy him he's fun i liked him in um everybody wants which is the link richard linklater Mm -hmm. movie connection Mm -hmm um and he was also pretty fun in ingrid goes west he played a kind of minor character in that movie but i liked him nice yeah so i'm pro wyatt russell and it was fun to see him in this um yeah so there's like this whole battle scene um there's another team john brown has to prey on how to go about the the fight at first Mm -hmm. and so he sits down for a while um, and while he's praying on it, he um, another team of sharpshooters comes in and they're like, we're just going to go full frontal attack and they all die immediately. Yeah. And so then after that, Ethan Hawke's like, all right, full frontal attack. And so because the other the militia has been kind of worn down by that group of sharpshooters, then they're able to beat them. Ethan Hawke and his ragtag mm-hmm. crew. Um, so then they have a number of prisoners from that battle. And they leveraged them to exchange for, for his, his sons, sons yes. yes, Jason and John Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, and he agrees to Wyatt Russell. He says, uh, we'll be sitting right here. If you go and you bring my sons back to me in two days, I'll still be here. And I'll turn myself in. He also says he'll turn himself in, which, of course, he will not turn himself in. Yeah. Um, he... Uh, uh, Jeb Stewart, why Russell? He reminds me of um, from Zorro, the 
Have you seen Zorro? Have you guys seen Zorro? Mm-hmm. A long time ago. No? Zorro? Yeah, I've seen it, but I, I probably won't remember the character you're about to reference. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I watched, I've, I watched it somewhat recently, but he reminds me of this, uh, uh, this character, Captain Love, who's like the one of the bad guys. And he, okay. he has like a similar kind of uh, military attire and like flowing blonde hair and a beard. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like a menacing bad guy who's like oppressing the people of california mm. it's a great oh, movie nice. i need great to rewatch movie. that i did love it as a kid i really yeah. loved yeah. it i i because yeah i have the same thing like i loved it as a kid and i rewatched it recently and it's it it plays almost exactly how i remember it really like, i remembered so every single up. scene and it was like the same <laughs> it was amazing nice that's good to know that it holds up because that's a great i mean banderas is just ugh. <laughs> well, I love Antonio, but uh, I need to rewatch that. And is Anthony Hopkins in that? Yes, he is. He's he's the he's the older the Zorro. Older Zorro. Yeah. Okay, which is just such a perfect way to set it up because it's like Zorro is like an established character from before, and there was like tons of old Zorro movies, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. to set it up like it's the old Zorro literally handing off the sword to the new Zorro, it's like that's very yeah. clever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that yeah. Batman show you like. Okay. yeah it's true batman i mean yeah it is very i mean zorro is like definitely batman inspired like you can't deny that there's like some influence of batman there but uh, i do love that movie i have to rewatch asap <laughs> yeah you should or maybe batman yeah. is so i'm not sure which one because the actually yeah it's a good point zorro maybe movies were soon. like from like way back when so i'm not mm-hmm. sure which one was which came first so yeah. zorro or batman <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a good rewatch. But yeah, it's Captain Love. That's what Jeb Stewart reminded you of. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all I was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's really. That's. I feel like we really covered what happened in this episode. Yeah. Is there anything else you had there? Uh, yeah. Basically, he just uh, he he evades capture, even though he said he was going to show himself in, and the reason is that. It's not lying if it's to, <laughs> to yeah 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 to bad people yeah exactly <laughs> pretty yeah, much that's that's yeah. pretty much the logic, and uh, and then he tells his sons that he's gonna go off and uh, and continue the cause mm-hmm. and so and then we just know right. that Onion doesn't see he won't see he, yeah Onion says I, I won't see him again for a while mm-hmm. yeah interesting yeah I mean. I before you asked me to do the show, I had genuinely not heard of it. Like, I mean, I, maybe I look under a rock, <laughs> but like, there has been so much content out in totally. the last year that I just cannot keep track of. So, at the very least, I'm glad that I know that this show exists now. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I, I I will say like for a pilot, it's it's a pretty strong first episode because so much happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even though there are elements of it that I disliked, like. I don't know, like the obvious title cards sometimes or the narration sometimes felt like a little out of place. Um, But yeah, it does leave you kind of curious, like how it's going to, because you know how it ends, right? Right. You see it in the very first thing. It's just like kind of connecting A to B and the show is everything else in between. So, yeah. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting that like, 
I think there are a lot of people who maybe aren't familiar with John Brown. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like a lot of the times with movies on historical figures that are slightly more obscure, they won't necessarily um, want to give away what happens to them if for anyone mm -hmm. who doesn't know. But in this case, they're very much like... It ends bad. <laughs> yeah, he, he dies like he, and he gets yeah. hung and that's like... It's and you tragic. know that right from the start. But I think yeah. what that also adds to it, though, is it um, kind of solidifies John Brown's stance that he will die for this cause. Because you right. see it at the beginning. You know he's going to die for the cause. And he says it and multiple times. he says it over and over again. And you you really know you, that you should believe him when he yeah. says it because you know it will happen. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, you know he's serious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. that he's not fucking around. And you know that that's the... He's saying a fact. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah interesting show interesting show and I'm, I'm glad that i know that that bird exists now in real life yeah i do love a beautiful birds. Bird. yeah I, I had no idea speaking uh, of birds jonathan do you have a hawk fact for us or sure. do you have something you'd oh. like to share with us yes i have a hawk fact thank you thank you i did that in the wrong order i don't know what happened to it's me okay. there it's, it's great uh shereen would you like to do a hawk noise uh that's a, that's a crow uh what is a hawk noise what does a hawk do it's it's up to it's, your interpretation yeah, it's fully up to your interpretation well that was it <laughs> it was Beautiful. great we yeah there can so you give many me examples of what other people have done um some people do like a caca kind of thing like i just did like you yeah. did yeah um some people do a ee you know yeah it's sort of a screeching oh, yeah, noise like a screech. yeah it's yeah, more of a screech they make a screech there there was there was my second attempt uh god catapult me into outer space asap <laughs> well um there's a scene in the show where before the bird dies mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. he gets handed a a feather from a good lord mm -hmm. bird yes which he ends up giving to fred mm -hmm. rick frederick frederick yeah. fred whatever <laughs> Um, and so this bird is, uh, this feather has like a kind of special meaning and all that. So I was a little curious about feathers in general. And, uh, the, there are several different feather types. There is, uh, wing feathers, down, tail, contour, semi-plume, bristle, and phyloplume. That's and adorable. uh wing and tail feathers are pretty much what they sound like uh down is it's the soft feathers that they're close to their body and it provides them warmth um and there are all, all these other kinds of feathers that are like bristles are kind of like uh they're almost like eyelashes mm. like they have them on their face and they kind of uh do they are assumed to provide a similar purpose to like facial hair and eyelashes and that they like mm -hmm. kind of provide protection from like you know dust and things like that um and i was wondering that if you saw a hawk feather how you would identify it um if you're in the woods and the feather is larger than six inches it probably came from a hawk an owl or perhaps a game bird so you can judge it by the size and there's also something interesting about hawk feathers uh that you can kind of tell by how it feels. So the feathers of hawks are softer than the feathers of falcons hmm. and the feathers of owls are softer than either of those. So owls have the softest falcons have the least soft. 
Uh, Falcon. The reason for that is that Falcons are flying at very high speeds and must have stability and control. So they need like a very kind of sharp feather. Mm. Uh, and owl feathers are soft, which allows air to flow soundlessly. So it allows them to be more like stealthy with their mm-hmm. soft feathers. Uh, and hawks, uh, they have they're soft to the touch and they have puffy feathers and this helps them appear larger than they are which is kind of interesting hmm. and uh if you ever find a feather and you want a way to identify it uh you can go to the u.s fish and wildlife service <laughs> and they have something called feather lab or the feather atlas um and basically it has like these little you can look at pattern color and size to try to figure out like just if you see it you can like click on different options and there's also position and type of bird if you're like more familiar with birds but you just click on these things and it'll give you different images of what kind of a bird it could possibly be wow which is very handy if you ever find a feather and we know from previous hawk facts though that if you should find a hawk Hawk feather feather, and you identify it as such do not take it because that is illegal Yes, it is illegal to take hawk feathers, Mm -hmm. yes. The reason for that is that hawks and eagles and many other raptors are protected. And uh, if you collect a feather, you could... uh, There's no way to know that you didn't get that feather by killing the bird. Mm -hmm. So if you you just find it or if you kill it, it, there's no way to to prove that you just found it lying Mm -hmm. about. And that's why you're not allowed to collect them. There are, of course, exemptions for like Native Americans and and uh, that sort of thing. But uh, but if you're just like hiking and you see a hawk feather, leave it be. Yeah, take a picture, put it on your Instagram story, move about your day. You yeah, know? Che- and check out the feather atlas. <laughs> yes. To find out what kind of feather it is. Mm-hmm. I like that there's a feather atlas. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was uh, all about birds. Bird Watchers Digest. The Modern Apprentice, <laughs> which is a uh, falconry website, <laughs> and <laughs> fws.gov. Love it. Thank you. That was a wonderful fact, Jonathan. Well, yeah, that was thank intriguing. You. I like that. Well, do we have any final thoughts about the good Lord Bird? Um, I think most Ethan Hawk line, what a beautiful country. That's my, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. my pick. Um, and you know, I love every time he goes full John Brown, but I don't feel like that's like, <laughs> that's really Ethan Hawkish. I feel like that's Ethan Hawk having a good time as an actor, but right. I feel like when I think of quintessential Ethan Hawk, I think what a beautiful country. Yeah. I, uh, I, it was interesting to watch this, uh, like a week or so after we had this insurrection at the Capitol, sure. yeah. uh, which is very just kind of, I don't know, important moment in history that we all went through but it is kind of interesting because this story is about a white man leading a insurrection on a federal building (laughs) on a federal Mm -hmm. not building but a federal base military Mm -hmm. base basically is what he's doing and um it's just kind of interesting to think about and uh what he says is uh at the very end of the show he says that even the slavers have a cause that they are willing to die for. Right. And it's kind of, it's just kind of an issue because, because there was uh, what something that was pointed out was that, you know, the difference between like the, the South and the civil war and the, like the insurrectionists at the Capitol 
um, the people in the South believed that Abraham Lincoln wanted to take away their slaves, and he did. They were absolutely right. So the, the, their cause was obviously horrendous and uh, evil, but they were they knew what the war they were fighting was was for and uh this you know the kind of the the insurrection they they're leading this insurrection based on the idea that the election was stolen from them which is completely false false it's just completely made up so it is interesting to see like the difference between i don't know like our just uh, what we the realities that we live in you know what yeah. what we believe is true and isn't true i don't know if you guys saw this uh tweet that was going around but something that i thought was really interesting was that the it was like it was t- it was like the, the tweet tells you that the majority of southerners who fought and died during the civil war couldn't even afford slaves they were just convinced that they were they were just convinced by white aristocracy that black liberation would negatively affect them and that just sounds like what's what all like these MAGA people are doing you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. it's the majority of them aren't even like they're just fervent and uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for they're they just see red for no reason you know what I mean and they're they're being misled in the same way by like wealthy people who don't who aren't actually interested you know there's no republicans and donald trump they're not interested in in making poor white people's lives better in any way exactly yeah they're just willing to exploit their racial uh uh, animosities for their own political gain yeah exactly so it is interesting to see this in the in, in in this context you know because John Brown was was uh, leading a war against the United States, but he was justified in doing so. Yeah. You know, it's just interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, <laughs> what a note to <laughs> I know, yeah. Really well, it's what I was with. thinking about. I couldn't, I couldn't not yeah. bring it up. Of course, no. I mean, totally. that's what it's dealing with too. It's yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, on that note, I've been Harper. And you can find me on the internet harping about on Instagram and Twitter and Letterboxd. And um, something I've been enjoying outside of Ethan Hawke is uh, the Lolita podcast, Jamie Loftus's yeah. Lolita podcast. And Shireen, your voice is featured on that, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, but that's, it's it's like the worst part of that whole, I mean, not, not the worst, it's, <laughs> The, the show is amazing i yeah. make it bad but <laughs> no you don't but you're no, great it's and an I, amazing I, like i heard show. your voice and i was like oh i know who oh yeah that is. that's me um yeah i was i just caught up with it uh this morning i finished the, the latest episode it's so good it's jamie loftus is literally a genius she I is can, yeah everything she does is crazy i don't know how she has time to do all the things she does but she pulls it off and genuinely this podcast is so informative and so good. And if if you haven't heard her Mensa one, I also I, recommend that one. Yeah, I loved yeah. that. That was so good. It's like she does like a, I don't. It's like she spends a year doing like a full thesis on something and then turns exactly. it into a podcast. It's incredible. Yeah, we're, she's a gift. Yeah, 
um yeah and i've just really enjoyed it because i you know i similar i think to a lot of the stories that she's told on the show i i read Mm -hmm. lolita when i was pretty young like i was in high school um and i also watched the jeremy irons movie uh and i haven't seen it but i really think i want to only because of the show now like i never Mm -hmm. got around to seeing any of the lolita movies but um i also read it when i was like a young teen and i felt very adult reading it (laughs) similar to a lot of listeners on the show too but but yeah i especially after this most recent episode i'm very curious about this jeremy irons movie yeah fuck jeremy irons by the way but and adrian lime and all of those bullshits yeah yeah it's scary to hear the things that they said like the the commentary it's scary it's really um, weird. Yeah, it's I will really say though, because Jonathan's terrifying. looking at me because he knows that I've always thought that Jeremy Irons is really hot, mm-hmm. uh, and that's something that I've been dealing with while listening to this yeah, podcast. Yeah, something you have to grapple with yeah. right now, Harper. Yeah. It's, it's really, yeah, the, it's not the time to separate art and artists. There, he's he's not great. <laughs> yeah, I know this. I know this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jonathan, where can the people find you, and what have you been en- enjoying outside of Ethan Hawke? Okay, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at John Zavoleta. And I'm just going to take this time to plug Zorro. (laughs) As I alluded to, it is fantastic. I watched it months ago, but I don't even know when I... It was a while ago, but not so long ago. Point is, I rewatched it. It's great. It holds up. It is hilarious that we have a Spaniard and two welsh people (laughs) who are supposed to be like mexican or something yeah but besides that i fully always thought that Catherine zeta jones was latina until i was like me too me too (laughs) oh yeah for many years yeah because it's like i thought zeta like that sounds kind of yeah yeah, that sounds she purposely misled us that's i think so (laughs) (laughs) but um but it's a great movie yeah yeah nice after we watch it um is it my turn? Yes. Uh, Shreen, where can the people find you? What have you been enjoying? And do you have anything else to plug? Uh, you can find me on the internet, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Letterboxd as well. Um, Twitter, it's ShiroHero666. Instagram is just ShiroHero. And Letterboxd is just my first name, Shireen. So nice. follow me on there. Um, and I have a podcast you can listen to if you want to. I'm a filmmaker. I write and direct. If you want to look at that, it's on my website, one of the bios. Um, uh, I have a poetry book on Amazon, but don't get it on Amazon because Amazon's garbage. So if you want a copy of my book, you can. I can give you a PDF if you want to do that. So email me. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> but I'm working on my next poetry collection, if that... Um, if that's up anyone's alley. Cool. And something I've been enjoying... Uh, I'm not sure if anyone... If, I mean, you guys all should watch this show. It's How To with John Wilson on HBO. Mm-hmm. It is a perfect show. But something I've been enjoying is making my way through his previous short films that he did before this show. And they're the majority of them are on his website. Um, and so I've been watching... They're like, I don't know, anywhere from like 5 to 20 minutes. And he's just... he's He has so many. And they're all so good. Um, so I've been making my way through his short films from like 2012, 2013, um, up to present time to this HBO show, which I really, really enjoyed from last year. So that's what I'll plug. Uh, he's great. Very cool. Yeah. I keep seeing that show when I open up HBO max to watch industry and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to watch that next. <laughs> you got to give it a shot. It's so good. If you're a fan of like, 
I don't know. Actually, no. Just go. Just just watch it. It's every episode is very humanistic and and funny and just very unique. And I really enjoy his voice as a cinematographer, director, narrator. So please, please give it a shot if you haven't. Awesome. Cool. Well, cool. thank you so much for joining us to talk about the Good Lord Bird and Ethan Hawke. Um, this was this was a blast. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry that <laughs> I'm a hater, <laughs> but I really appreciate you asking me to come on the show. And um, yeah, I had I had a good time. I was nervous about not being a stand, but I, <laughs> thank you for accepting me. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Alrighty. Well, uh, good night, everyone. Uh-huh.